Hey guys, welcome to the Real Love Podcast. We are so excited. If you're on YouTube, you obviously see who is sitting with me. But if you're listening, uh, my lovely wife, Rachel, is with us. Rachel, you want to say hi? Hi. Hey. Good. Way to go. Way to go. Hey, uh, we. I am so excited about what we're going to process together uh, in the month of May. Um, at Faith Promise, we are talking about aligning our homes. And if you have kids or if you are, if you're, if you live with roommates, whatever it might be, everybody has a home. And so aligning our homes with the kingdom of heaven. So I'm very excited about the two podcasts in May, and I really hope that you would uh, process those things. Before we jump in, uh, I just, I'm so proud of you as I prepare this. I think about how grateful I am that you're taking time to invest in yourself, that you're taking time to uh, pour into the leader that God's called you to be. And so that's so exciting. Um, and so Rachel and I are very excited to walk this with you. And the name for this one, the name for this podcast is There Is More. There Is More. Babe, before we jump into that, what do you think about when you hear the word home? When you think about your home, Rachel, what comes to mind when you think about home? I get this picture in my head, probably like a 1950s house, white picket fence, sidewalk, small, you know, cottage type thing. When I think about home, the first thing that pops into my head is this old picture. Yeah. I think about, uh, I think about like, like the couch, like a place you don't have to be on. Like where it's just like you walk in, you're just, you can just be like, oh, you just be totally you. Um, but I wonder what you think about when you think about home, like when you think about home, what's one of your favorite things about it? Uh, but hey, before we jump in, um, what we want to do during the month of May is we want to give you tools, like practical tools uh, for you to win your world starting with your home. And so the reason I, I wanted to make that clear is because I think a lot of people, when they think about whether it's becoming a, a better professional or leader or spouse or friend or whatever it might be, we think about these things that we're going to do outside. But something John Maxwell says I love, his personal win as a leader, like what success looks like for him as a leader, is that if the people who know him best respect him most, the people who are the closest to him, that they would respect him most. And I, I think there's Gosh, we could talk about that for a long time, but I, I think so often that's not what we want. And we want people outside of us, outside of our homes or whatever, to think well of us. And we don't have this foundation that can hold us. And so that's why we want to give you tools to win your world at home first. And so I think there's a great verse to start with as we think about home and we think about the kingdom of God and how those things dovetail together. Uh, babe, would you mind reading that? Sure. We're going to be in Romans 14 today, verses 17 and 18. And it says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Yes, yes. And so, again, just something to point out is right there, that last part, um, pleasing to God and receives human approval. And so I think that if we're not careful, we really focus on the human approval part. Like that's mm -hmm. what, I, again, I'm a pastor, been working at a church for 14 years, and it's still like the approval of people. It's just like this, this gravitational pull 
towards it. And so really before we even jump in, because Rach and I, we understand like we are very focused on the kingdom of God. And so we don't want to just assume, hey, that everybody is right there. But hey, babe, just to just to start on a positive, inspiring part, what what would you say the one or two most exciting things for you about the kingdom of God being a part of your everyday life? I think there are two things for me that are really powerful. And the first is unlimited capacity. I I know I'm limited. The only thing in existence that doesn't have limitation is, is God. And so when you get to tap into the kingdom of God, you are a part of something that is literally unlimited. There's no measure to it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's so exciting because in my own self, I can't do that. But when I connect to um, the Holy Spirit and the thing of things of God, heaven coming to earth, it's, it's without measure. Mm-hmm. And I love that I've been reading uh, some in Genesis and studying there. And when you operate in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, when you focus on the kingdom, you're operating as you were designed. So there is this deep satisfaction mattering that you can't get anywhere else because you were literally made by God to operate within the kingdom of God. And that for me is so exciting. Yeah. I think it's good for anybody who feels like something might be missing. Yeah. Especially if you're a Christian and you're like, gosh, I just think there's more or something might be missing. I think that really is, is big to what you're saying for me. When I think what's the most exciting thing for me about the kingdom of God, it's, it's, it's the power. So, and the power, like in the spiritual for somebody to be saved, like to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, But then also for somebody to be like a relationship, a marriage, whatever to be restored. But then also the part we don't like to talk about as much because there's unknowns about it, but the power of people being healed, Mm -hmm. uh, the power of, I mean, again, I'm, I've been so challenged not to bring my level of understanding or experience, or sorry, to bring the Bible down to my level of understanding or experience, but to bring my life up to what we see in the Bible. And so that's really challenging for me when it comes to the kingdom of God. And so that's why uh, we as a church have been studying it, but I don't want it to be something we study on the weekend or even just a group if you're doing it there, but some for us to bring home. Right. I think there, there's so much to that. And so how do we get there? Uh, that's just a little taste of, hey, why, why, what, what's special about it? You think about if you have kids or a spouse or friends, the thought of like tapping into a, a, an infinite mm-hmm. lifestyle or seeing this power, I think that that's really attractional. But how do we get there? Um, and so really what we want to ask, we, we want to ask a lot of questions on this podcast. And so a question that we want to start with is, which kingdom matters most in your home? So I'll ask it again. Which kingdom matters most in your home? And so there's this kingdom of heaven, what we talked about at the beginning, and there's this kingdom of earth. And Rachel read Romans 14, 17, and 18, and he said the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace. Jesus uh, or Jesus set up in Matthew 5 and 6 when he talks about the Sermon on the Mount. He separates the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven, and in a lot of ways they are opposites. There, there's so Again, we, we could talk about that for a long time, but I want to ask you, as you're processing, as you're listening to this, which kingdom is your house built on? 
right? Um, and I would suggest if you don't know, the natural default is the natural kingdom. You know, you know, we've we've said a lot here. You never drift to a desired location. And so if for you to have a home and a life built on the kingdom of God, it's going to take a lot of intentionality. And so the place that we're actually going to go to give you questions, to the some questions that we were asking as we were praying and preparing for this, there's some questions that we want to ask you so that you can see what kingdom is your house built on, around, and towards. So which kingdom is your your home, your life built on, around, and towards. And we're actually going to pull from that Sermon on the Mount um, in in Matthew 6. And uh, so I'll have Rach, um, and this is special because right here, Jesus is actually teaching his disciples how to pray. And so I would say that everybody, including myself, sometimes you're like, I'm not sure what to pray. I'm not sure what to say. What do I do? Well, there's sometimes where Jesus gives us exactly what to pray, and he does that in Matthew 6. And so his disciples say, teach us how to pray. And these are Jesus' follow-up from that. And But what we'll do is we'll stop throughout and just add the questions that go through there. And yeah. so, uh, Rach, you want to start reading there in Matthew 6, starting in verse 5? Yeah, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Yeah. And so the first thing we, we really see here is that the rules that you may have, um, maybe your previous previous experience in childhood, or maybe some things you've read and seen, rules don't equal God's kingdom. Because Jesus points out here like, hey, there are people who are following all of the religious law, and they are missing the kingdom of God. And we want to make sure that we aren't operating to be seen, that our motive is pure, that our heart is surrendered as we approach God and we ask him to help us bring the kingdom of heaven. To That's him. right. So we don't want you to confuse, hey, building my home on the kingdom of God is having a bunch of rules. It's, it's more than that. Jesus was always more rules and relationships. I'll keep reading mm -hmm. in verse six. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Just something to encourage you. And I'll have Rachel keep reading. But private practices set progress. And so when you think about the kingdom of God and you think about, hey, maybe whenever you think about that, it's only about church or something you do with Christians, but your private practices are so key to your progress as a man of God, as a woman of God in bringing the kingdom in your home and where you go. But you want to keep reading? Yeah. Uh, the next verse in seven says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And verse 9 says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's right. And so the first question we want to ask, so right there he starts, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. So here's the first question. Again, if you're if you're taking notes, if you want to ask yourself questions about your life, about your home, who sets the standard for your home? Who sets the standard for your home? This is this is huge. And so make it practical. Who decides what you watch? And if it's just if it's the top 10 on Netflix, let me encourage you, reevaluate who sets 
You know, stand your own. We, because we, and we fall into that trap. I forgot what it was. Uh, we were watching, we were just watching, it was one of the top shows we'd heard about it. It's called like Black Mirror or something. Oh, it was forever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it, was it's it. been a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, whatever, it's been a long time. And I, I'm, there was like crazy graphic nudity, like as soon as we started and we, we cut it off. But that's what I harken back to. I'm like, okay, well, who was setting the standard for like our home? Like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a question to ask, because it says, holy be your name. God is holy. And that word holy means set apart. God is perfect. God is set apart. Holy be your name. Whenever you think about the key, because the kingdom of the world, our preferences get to to get to set the, mm-hmm. the standard. But in the kingdom of heaven, since God is Lord, he sets the standard and he and he is holy. And he says, be holy because... I'm holy. That's exactly right. So he's not asking you to do this again, to set up more rules or regulations. You are designed to bring the kingdom of God to earth and the kingdom of God is holy. Yeah. And we actually heard something good recently that really affected you that you just repeated back to me. So yeah, yeah. Um, Say that. We were, um, we were listening to Chris Hodges teach and he was talking about the concept of purity and how we have all of the reasons why we can do certain things. Hey, this is why I can watch this show. This is why mm-hmm. I can't go to this place. This is why I can't eat or drink that. And he said, hey, we have all of these things for reasons to take things off of a list that would breed purity in our life. But when is the last time you added something mm-hmm. to a list that would help keep you pure? Right. So when's the last time you said, hey, you know, I'm just not going to engage in social media because in my eyes wander mm-hmm. when I'm on there when or I can I find myself in deep comparison. Hey, I'm not going to go to those places because when I'm there, I am so tempted to walk away and do things that aren't holy, that right. don't honor the Lord, that don't honor my spouse. You know, and so I for me, it was super challenging. Hey, when's the last time I added something to the list? Did I ask the Holy Spirit? Hey, where are there some things that I know I have perfect theological biblical grounding to participate in this? But what is it that in this season of my life where that isn't beneficial and isn't helping me walk in holiness? Can you think of the last time you added something? Oh, gosh. to like a lit. I, I, I've, I've just been processed since he said it. And the only two, and they're not even mine, unfortunately, but dad, which is funny because dad, like everybody has these Christmas movies they watch. um, And like, we watched like Rambo and that's what we watched. It was just funny because that's what dad wanted to watch. And we started processing this and dad felt convicted by the violence of some of the stuff he watched. And so my brother just talking about the show. And my big thing is I can't, I can't see, I don't want to see nudity. It's just, I, I just don't want to see it. Right. Um, and, and then the language bothers me some, but he was like, Hey man, it's just really violent. And I've just been processing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. should I, could I watch it? And so this came up and then we have a friend um, who used to struggle with pornography. So he doesn't have the internet on his phone. Literally Does no not, data. So on his plan, there's no data. Yeah. So people ask me, look, some up. like, I, I don't have internet on my phone. And it's like, it's one of the hardest lines towards purity I've ever seen. I, I loved it. But it's just a good question. First, mm-hmm. when it comes about the kingdom of God, who sets the standard for your home? I, 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 it's just a good question. Mm-hmm. But then also just a follow up for that specific one is, um, you know, when's the last time you've added something, a discipline or a purity thing to your life. So Jesus keeps on going in verse 10. We tell him how to pray. And he says this. Uh, so our father 
in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. And it says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is massive. Jesus told us to pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, I could just rail on that. I love this so much. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you a question. Who sets the winds for your home? So who sets the standard? And then who sets the winds for your So the success. And there's a lot of different success. You think about there's people who like to travel as their success. There's people who like to save money as their success. There's people who like to entertain as their success as a home. But let me ask you, who gets to set what success is for your home? Or let me ask a little bit different way. What matters in your house? What matters? So how can I tell if something matters? Uh, Yeah, so I, I would say if you check your time, I would say you check your money, right? And then you know what else I would check? I would check my frustration. What if you don't get it just just makes you mad? What if you don't get it just bothers you? Because you know what? You know what kind of just be shoot you straight or something bothers me? It bothers me that I can go two or three days and not share my faith and it not bother me. I know it's kind of confusing. It bothers me that it doesn't bother me that I haven't shared my faith in two or three days. Right. And so, uh, but if I don't get to sit down with you or if we don't get, uh, you know, have Scrabble time or whatever, <laughs> it, that's going to end up bothering me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I would say like the wins for your home or what matters is going to be like, Hey, it bothers me that I'm not getting this. Um, but Hey, why don't you tell them about the fastest way to, to shift the culture of what matters in your home. Well, and one of the ways that you can see what does matter, because if you're celebrating it, it matters to you. So the fastest way to change what matters in your home, to shift the culture, is to celebrate what you want to happen. What gets rewarded gets repeated. Mm -hmm. So if you have children and you pay them for getting a grades, or if they do their chores, they have stickers, right? those things get rewarded. But what about the things of the kingdom? So when someone in your home makes a choice that um, honors the Lord and uh, maintains holiness, you know, what if you have a a son who says, hey, you know, if he says I'm taking social media off of his own accord, like, are you celebrating the crap out of that? Or in starting with just small steps, somebody said, hey, I prayed for somebody at school Mm -hmm. today. And so when our kids do something small, when Zach says something or I say something, do something, we celebrate in front of the people in our home. So with your roommates or your parents, like celebrating the things that you want to see mattering in the kingdom. And those things are the things of God. Yeah. And if you're a leader outside of the home, whatever it might be, I think that's just a good note to have. The fastest way to change a culture is to celebrate what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And so just to give you an example, because one of the hardest things to do as a Christian, unfortunately, in this the world we live in now is to share your faith. And so River, our four-year-old, Rachel coached him to share his faith when he broke his arm, right? And we celebrated it. We told the church about it. We, uh, we tell people about it. We were just really excited. And then I don't think it's a coincidence that Three or four weeks later, Rachel gets a text from a mom in jail, our eight-year-old's class, saying, hey, uh, my daughter's coming home talking about jail, mm-hmm. wanting to share her faith with somebody at school. Um, and hey, just it, just be totally honest with me, we'll talk more about this. Like, 
we're trying to grow and be in spirit led and like uh, like praying in the spirit and some of those things. And so we when we practice that with our kids, it, just because you say you don't have to have all the answers for it to be a win of your home. And so I just want to release you from that. What do you feel like God's told you to make a win at your home? Prayer, time of the word, sharing your faith, whatever it might be, and fight towards it. You don't, If you wait till you have all the answers, you're never going to move. Well, and if it feels really hard for you, I just want to remind you, it's going to be easier for the people around you to pick it up because you're taking it more personally. You're more critical of yourself, more introspective. But our kids, they just, they're picking it up quickly, mm-hmm. much faster, and walking with more ease in it than than I do. Yeah. And it's just because we started, you know, paying attention to it. Yeah. Celebrating just make it the norm for them. Mm-hmm. So we talked about who sets the standard in your home. We talked about who sets the winds for your home. The next thing that Jesus says, once you read verse 11. Yeah, it says, give us today our daily bread. So Jesus said, our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And what's a good question for them to be able to ask to see if they're aligning with God's kingdom when it comes to their daily bread versus the world's kingdom? Well, what, you know, bread was was substance. What's filling you? So my question would be, who sets the substance for your home? What fills your family? What brings joy? What brings satisfaction? What tends to be the topic of conversation? When And really, for me, when I say, hey, what's really bringing us substance? I look at where do we go when we're in need? Mm-hmm. Hey, we're feeling tension in our home. What's satisfying us? We're, we have a need, that substance, like hunger is what breeds that, that need for bread. And so what, what are you guys hungry for when you have that need, whatever it be, emotional, spiritual, physical, is prayer your last resort? Mm-hmm. Are you talking to God the last about it? Or is it the, you know, this is one of those small things that we can celebrate, we can set as a win to change what fills our family most and is by simply talking to God when you have a need. Yeah. So again, just the questions, who sets the standard for your home? Who sets the winds for your home? Who sets the substance for your home? And and we'll keep on going, but just to add to that bread, right? And I, something that dad, I've heard growing up, dad saying, you know, when people come to church and they just eat, 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 right? They come to church and once they eat like the word and lessons and all that stuff, and they don't do anything. Well, hey, what happens if you eat, 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 and you don't exercise? You get you, you You get out of shape. And so I think a lot of us, we have a lot of out of shape Christians where you are, you are, if you're not, your knowledge level is way ahead of your obedience level, then you probably have an out of shape faith. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think that that's key. But what, what, who says the substance for your home? And so I think we have a bad habit today of always looking towards something I want in the future. Mm. Right. I, I need this for, I, I'm, I'm in that season right now. If I'm not careful, I will long my day away. I will long my relationship where I'm at right now with Rachel away. I'll long the ages my kids are away. I'll long where I'm at professionally. I'll just long it away, want for what's next. And I will miss out on the season, the process where God's taking me. So give us, he says, give us today our daily bread. So I just want to encourage your faith. Who sets the substance for your home? And God wants to give you what you need 
today. It says in Ephesians, tomorrow has enough stresses on its own. Give us today our daily bread. He'll give you what you need today, but the question you have to ask yourself is, who sets the substance for your home? Hey, and can we remind you that if you've found yourself in this place where all you've done is consume, 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 like there is higher accountability for the knowledge that you have. And there is a, like having a fear of the Lord, respecting and honoring, revering him and knowing like judgment is coming and we are going to be held to a, our accountability of knowledge and understanding. So if you've found yourself sitting, sitting, and you've not been active in operating in the things of God, this is a, just a reminder and an encouragement. Hey, I don't want you to get to heaven and go, gosh, I'm held accountable for this. I missed all of these opportunities. This is just a gentle reminder. Hey, mm -hmm. God, God has so much more for you, but he's also going to hold you accountable for the more he's already resourced you with. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to honor your time. We want to give you two more questions. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you may be thinking that maybe the Lord is about to take me back to be with Jesus because the light <laughs> so that's on me. Uh, but there, there's just, what, what do you call this? I can't even think of the word. Um, uh, uh, sunlight. Uh, window. Yeah. What, in the ceiling. Whatever it is. A skylight. Skylight. And thank you, production. The Lord is apparently right above me. <laughs> will I be sunburned by the end of this episode? Yes, I will. Absolutely. Um, but he, he keeps on going when Jesus teaches me how to pray. And he says, and forget, this is huge. Huge. Okay. When you're thinking huge. about God's kingdom, because God's kingdom and the world's kingdom are total juxtaposition in this one. It says, and forgive us our debts. As we forgive, as we uh, forgive our debtors. Now, uh, this is crazy, crazy. Um, we are so judgmental, and maybe not you, maybe just me. I don't know. I'm. I can. Be oh, I know for Judy a fact sometimes. you. Are. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I call her Judge Judy sometimes. Either way, we all, we all, we we we're all judging. Okay, we're sometimes. all judging, right? But here's the issue: if you're not saying you're judging right now, you're judging and don't know it, which is way worse. Okay, but hey, I want you to see. Forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors, Jesus is saying, we, we're going to get the measure of forgiveness that we're doling out to others. I don't know about you, but maybe we need to look in the mirror and reread mm -hmm. that sucker, right? Uh, and forgive our debts as we also forgive our debtors. So let me ask you this. Who sets what gets saved in your home? Who sets what gets saved? When I, when I say saved, First of all, I wanted to keep the S vibe going, right, with substance and all that kind of stuff. But what gets saved, right, almost like a video game, whenever you're playing a video game, you hit checkpoints and you get to save that spot. What gets saved? And so, like, maybe is it wrongs that get saved or is it people's wins that get saved? We have a bad habit. Maybe it's just me. Have a bad habit of saving wrongs of saving bitterness, of saving uh, of saving when people miss the mark, of saving when people annoy us. What gets saved in your home? And babe, why don't you tell them, I mean, in, in I believe it's 1 Corinthians 13, when it's talking about oh, yeah, love, love. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. You know, it's long-suffering. Love is patient. Love is kind. It believes all things. It endures all things. It hopes all things. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's and which which is so hard. And this is pretty self-explanatory. So we'll move on. But who sets what gets saved in your home? Once you read that last one, so verse thirteen. Yeah, Jesus ends with saying the end of this prayer would say, "And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one." 
So the question for this one really is, who is the savior at your house? Mm-hmm. Who Who is, at the end of the day, the rescuer, the foundation? And uh, the Bible says your savior, your rescuer is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that he came, he lived a perfect sinless life. He died a sinner's death on the cross for you and for me, for our children, for our roommates. Mm-hmm. And then three days later, he was raised from the dead. And today he sits in heaven at the right hand of God interceding for us. And that when you teach and you celebrate and you elevate the savior of your home, you start to experience deliverance Mm. from the things of evil. You start to see the things of God start to elevate in your house. Yeah. And and really, I I just want to give you a practical one and then we're going to wrap up. But when it talks about who's the savior of your home, and again, I know I talk a lot about celebration. I'm a big celebration guy, but Who's the hero of your house? You know what I'm saying? Like if you have a if if you have kids or you have roommates or you you have a spouse, how often do they hear you bring up Jesus? Thank you, Jesus, for that. It's so funny. If you're around River, River's my four year old, and we were just on a trip with him, he'll just ask, "Dad, is 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 Jesus bigger than that building? Dad, is Jesus stronger than that person?" and Again, it, it, I was just, I was so grateful. Again, we do our best to be intentional. Ray does such a good job, but it, it all roads lead back to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if you won the lottery and how it would change generationally your family and all roads of gratitude would lead back to that moment. And so when you think about who's the savior of your house, if you're a Christian, you're, oh, obviously Jesus is the savior, but is there enough evidence in your words deeds, actions, prayers to accuse you of that being the reality. Does that make sense mm-hmm. for, for to, to, to prove that that's who the savior is of your home? So again, let me read the question to you one more time. Um, and I think that these are key when you think about, does my home serve the kingdom of heaven or does it serve the kingdom of this world? And so one, who sets the standard for your home? Two, who sets the winds for your home? Three, who sets the substance for your home? Four, who's, uh, who sets what gets saved in your home? And who is the savior of your home? And at the beginning, we started with some, again, celebration of the kingdom is infinite. And there's so much power in the kingdom and, and really wanting to inspire you. But hey, could we also use the other side of the coin and warn you? We started in Romans 14 when we were setting up the kingdom of heaven. If you read a little before that, in Romans 14, 12, it says this, So then each of us, me and you, will give an account of ourselves to God. We will give an account to ourselves to God. And so whenever you think about, hey, Zach, you know, oh, the inf- being infinite and living living in power, that sounds good, but I really like my comfort, and I really like fitting in. I really like, which I, guys, I totally agree. I get that. But if I can give you another deal, you will give an account to God one day for how you live your life. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's another passage, and then I'll wrap this up. But in, in First and Second Corinthians, there's two passages that really, really highlight this as well. Babe, would you mind reading those? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15 says, if anyone builds on this foundation, that's the foundation of your life, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, 
or straw, their work will be shown for what it and is. That's the kingdom of this world. Yeah. Right. You've Gold, built, silver, costly uh, stone. Yes. Because the day will bring it to light. It'll be revealed with fire. You go into judgment and it's going to test the quality of this person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. When you go before judgment and if what you've built has been of this, um, has been of the world, it's going to burn up. But if you build something that is of God, you've been bringing the kingdom, it's going to withstand, it'll survive and you'll receive a reward. 15 talks about what happens if you've been building the kingdom of this earth. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but y'all be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Man, don't just have fire insurance. Mm. You will miss out on the reward of heaven. That's eternity. Yeah. It's not just we feel like, you know, we're always looking for the future, always look to the future. Put your eyes on eternity. That's a kingdom minded. Mm -hmm. That's when kingdom matters in your home. You're talking about eternity. Second Corinthians 510 says a lot of the same thing as Romans 1412. It's again and again and again. We're going to go to judgment. And it says that so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't encourage you more. Think about those passages. Re hit the hit the minus or the back fifteen deal a couple of times, and listen to Rachel read those passages a couple more times. Just listen to them. Read me your quiet time. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak. What has to change in your life so that you're not coming to the end and your whole life is burned up except for one prayer you prayed to give your life to Jesus? Oh my gosh, what? I really do think, uh, and, and then I, I'm, we're going to wrap up, but there's a, in Revelation, it talks about whenever Jesus comes back, he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. And I wonder what that is. And I think two things come to mind. One, I think we'll be so sad because we'll realize there's people that we love who don't know Jesus. And there'll be another one. There'll be a realization of the God that we didn't serve. Mm -hmm. There'll be a realization of the power, the authenticity, the... Uh, authority um, of our God in our life and our service and our focus didn't reflect it. And we'll realize we've missed out because Jesus told us to pray now for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's live a life that pulls heaven down into our homes, into our neighborhoods, into our world. We love you. Uh, we're super grateful uh, that, that you spent time with us and uh, we'll be praying uh, all week as you listen to this. And hey, share this. If, if it's been helpful for you, share this. This is a great thing to do with your group. Uh, ask these questions. Uh, I, I know our group can chew on this for months um, and they're great dials to come back to. So, hey, we love you so much. We hope that th this gives you tools to win your world this week. We're grateful for you. We'll see you in a few weeks.